All right, we're rolling. This is uh, this is episode. I'm not really too sure. I think it's maybe number eighteen or number nineteen of the JB Cast. Um, we're at fifteen Underwood Avenue in Botany, and you can get us online at junglebrothers.com. So uh, reach out and all that. Hopefully, you've heard some other episodes. Today we've got a uh, couple of dudes. Two uh, two very oh, fuck. I'm, I'm, I don't want to paint this in the wrong light. Highly ranked or uh, very well known individuals within the jiu-jitsu community both in Australia and internationally. Um, Ari and Levi, welcome, fellas. What's up? Hello, hello. Ari's first podcast, Levi's <laughs> second podcast. Yeah, done a, done a couple of these, including this one. So. Things are getting pretty serious, Levi. Yeah, kind of <laughs> a big deal. This is the pinnacle, bro. Yeah, I know. This is the one. Made it. Um, I guess, like, first I'd like to just get you guys to do a little intro on yourself. Maybe Ari, kick off with you. Tell us, tell us who you are, man. All right, so I'm... Currently, uh, brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm training full time now out of Sydney. Um, currently, just trying to get as much exposure and competition experience overseas. Trying to train in Brazil, in the States, and competing there as well. Um, yeah, I guess that's me. So, how old are you? I'm 24. Cool. 24. Cool. Yeah. Levi. Um, <coughs> just. Uh, um black belt in jiu-jitsu uh uh philanthropist <laughs> um really nice guy just great just an overall great person um i don't know <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah it's sick yeah <laughs> all right so you guys are mat rats like you jiu-jitsu guys right that's kind of that's the thing yeah how old did you say you were levi 21. 21, all right, yeah. cool. Um, so from, from like my experience with you guys, Ari, I've known you for a long time. We used to train together. Um, I remember um, that when I, I started training with you, you were like, I don't know how old you were, maybe 15? I was, no, no. I was uh, 17. I 17, yeah. okay. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. You guys have known each other for ages. Yeah. We have, man. And I remember like, I, I remember distinctly, and this will, this, I think this, this, phenomena will resonate with a lot of older jiu-jitsu guys out there but it was like Ari was a kid yeah, right? yeah and I was like I was in my athletic prime safe to say yeah and so I could just like kind of manhandle him a bit he <laughs> yeah. was always really good and really technical but it was like you know I had more experience and I was bigger and all those things Joe would lay down a lot of beating was this was this in Melbourne in no Sydney. this is in Sydney okay, okay gotcha yeah, yeah. The cool yeah. okay um and so like that was real cool but then you get to this stage where like Ari just starts to transition into becoming a beast yeah yeah. and all of a sudden like and you kind of t you don't know what's happening at first but you're like fuck when did Ari start kicking my ass all the time <laughs> like I can't I can't pass his guard anymore <laughs> I can't fucking tap it and, and then you're like holy shit he's actually fucking beating me up every day <laughs> And before you know it, you, the, the, the tables have turned, right? And then you guys come up and you're like, shit. And it's a, it's a real interesting thing to deal with as a, you know, as someone who kind of fancies themselves at like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at this because all of a sudden you're not. Um, but that was my, that was how I met you. Yeah, right. And then we trained together for, what, a couple of years? It's like three and a half years. Three and a half years? Yeah. yeah, okay. And then you made the transition to garage. I made the transition to open my gym. And then we kind of haven't seen each other outside of Instagram for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. That's been it. Levi, I've been, and I've been following you. I think we met at a party at Eric... Eric Mastro's place many years ago. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Eric yeah. was like, oh, this is Levi. He's coming. I think you guys were going to do some overseas comp together. I think it was Worlds. Might have been Worlds. Yeah, yeah you were yeah, a blue yeah. belt. Yeah. Jesus. And he was yeah, like, juvenile. 
he was like, yeah, Levi's like this kid. He's like killing it. He's going to fucking destroy it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, same thing, man. I've been following the journey on Instagram and fucking world that's champ. That's cool. That's cool. Thanks, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun to see. So, I, yeah, yeah, like I guess um, the – I think what's really interesting about you guys is that like JITS is your life right now, right? Yeah, 100%. Could you, could you talk a little bit about what your – like what's your day look like? Um, How kinda, much training? Kind of depends like where we are. Like um, in Sydney, it's basically just – spend the morning either drilling or rolling at the gym that we're currently at now, open sparring. Then depending on the day, if it's like a Tuesday or Thursday, I'll go teach at um, Grappling Education, which is a gym in Congra owned by Keller. And then um, on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights, I'll go train at open sparring. I'll do Levi's pro training class. Yep. Yeah. And some really good training there at the moment now. So is the whole, the whole day structured around your time on the mats, essentially? Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, whole day is structured around training, um, but it also includes teaching privates or teaching classes. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's, so that's your main source of income right now? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And would you ever, do you make, I'm guessing you prioritize getting your training in before you worry about the business? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> How many hours on the mats are we talking each day? You know, um, you know, like on average. I would probably say on average, probably about six hours on average, I would say. Maybe a bit less, give or take six hours. Fuck. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. Sick. I mean it's not it's not that it's not like six hours of just like six hours of just hard rolling. A lot of it is drilling, studying, more drilling, maybe teaching a private, then, you know probably an hour of rolling yeah yeah ideally i'd get more than an hour but sometimes yeah. you just don't have people to roll with for that whole time you know you don't have fresh meat yeah yeah i've been rolling so many white belts since i've been back <laughs> <laughs> it's like just making me feel like a shit person <laughs> like just bashing little kids kind of <laughs> yeah because it's just gotten to the point where i'm just like yeah, I'm just it's it's getting bad. I'm, I'm doing face cranks. The other day, yesterday, I was just yesterday I told he was like Ari confessing after rolling, to me. Yeah, I felt so bad after the training yesterday. I was like, Ari, I face cranked way too many white belts today. <laughs> it was not cool. Like there was just no need. It's just I'm yeah. So just trying to like balance out, you know, being like like being able to like morally accept myself. <laughs> It's difficult trying to balance that's the, the hardest side. that's the hardest thing well this has got to be a predicament right like because you you're training like you're like you're training at, at world-class level so yeah. you have to have a level of intensity that you apply to your training yeah yeah and it, i'm guessing and i, I mean i kind of know this for myself i've never trained anywhere near that level but yeah it's very hard to just switch like back five gears oh it is yeah totally. to cruise with someone who's like White belt, or totally, totally. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just joking about face cranking white belts. Like, I'm, not, I'm not actually doing that. <laughs> I'm not joking. You guys can come. Okay, through. one guy's yeah. nosebleed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, one, yeah. One guy's dead. But um, yeah, like I have to constantly remind myself. Like, I'm training with a lot of people that um, that are you know just coming in, in between their jobs. You know, they have like an interview at 3 p.m. and they come in a train, get some roles in at like 12 p.m. You know, it's not like you know, unity where you have guys that are just like committed to doing this their whole life and it's all they do all day. And like, if you don't like, 
get them, then they're going to like rip your head off first, you know? So it, it is like a little adjustment you have to make, like rolling with people that aren't used to like rolling it at a certain intensity. Yeah. But um, I think it's, I think it's still good to roll with everybody like the same way you would roll with um, like any, anybody else. But like you, you can't like, you know, you can't like get a cross face and like put it on like super tight on like a guy that has to, you know, go to work in like an hour or something. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just like, not. so it is, it is a bit um, weird changing that intensity, but I got guys like, you know, Ari to train with. We got, I'm training with a bunch of different guys that, you know, want to, that want to uh, be competitors from, 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 you know, Sydney. And uh, so that's, that's been good. Like my goal with open sparring or the kind of like vision I have for open sparring is for it to be a place like, even if, you know, I'm not here or Ari's not here, it's a place where everybody in Sydney can kind of come together and in, in like a competition environment and improve regardless of what gym they're kind of from. Yeah. I feel like if we want to get to that level where we're, you know, basically taking over internationally from Australia, we have to um, bypass the whole like political kind of thing that's happening right now. Like everybody has to come together. There needs to um, be collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's what we're that's what we're, that's what's happening there. That's cool. Yeah, trying so, to create like a neutral territory. Yeah, yeah, neutral territory. Like it's kind of something that transcends the idea of a team. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you look at like, you look at Sydney especially. Every gym has, most gyms just have one or maybe two guys that are trying to train full time and be competitors. So you never get a team that's just full of competitive athletes we're all spread out throughout the whole state of sydney <laughs> you can move that thing wherever you want it bro yeah <laughs> tall guy that's what she um, said <laughs> so she called you bra <laughs> well yeah i mean she's she's not really uh she's not really into gender like <laughs> not a, you know, she yeah <laughs> Anyway, um, so cool. <laughs> so open sparring is basically trying to create that kind of gym environment where you get a lot of competitors coming in to train with each other, regardless of the fact that they're from different teams. Because um, you're saying that <clears throat> most gyms would have a couple of guys that are trying to push it to the next level. Yeah. So it's not really enough for them to be just at that one place, but if they come yeah. to open sparring, there's it's all of those people that want to yeah. push to that high, high exactly. level. Whereas when you go like overseas and you go to one of the main competitive gyms, each competitive gym doesn't have just two guys trying to get to a world-class level. Mm. You've got like at least 10 as an example. Mm. Yeah. Also, a lot of them um, happen to be like the similar weight class as well. So they can, they can get good training off each other. Um, but this is also not to say that like open sparring isn't a place for the hobbyists to come in and train. Like mm. Levi said before, it's still mm. really important to train with every type of jujitsu practitioner. Um, is it? Thing, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, just to like the, the hobbyist and the competitor roll in a very different way. And I think that a competitor rolling with a hobbyist, for example, can still benefit um, from the hobbyists, even though they've got, they're rolling for two completely different reasons. Um, yeah. Would you say that the hobbyist would tend to... Use a lot more strength. Yeah, and more <laughs> ego? Um, I'm not sure about ego, um, but I find that there's like a different kind of style with the way that the hobbyist would roll. I think that because the, 
like someone that just trains jiu-jitsu as a hobby, they're only training maybe three times a week on average. Um, so every time they come in, they're ready to just go 100%. Whereas you look at a competitor, the competitive athlete, he's training every day, minimum twice a day usually. Um, and there's obviously more emphasis on technique. Obviously, the competitive guy is going to go hard, but he's going to use his body in a different way. It's um, a great point. So when you roll with like... More efficiency. Yeah. So as well, like average, like the average hobbyist that you'll train with is like, you know, mid 30s, maybe maybe 40s. And it's probably like 80 to 90 kilos. So it's a, it's a lot bigger. So they'll use their body in a different way. Why don't you just hold uh, up a photo of me, bro? <laughs> 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 um, whereas you... When, for example, I would train with um, some of the guys that were my weight class that are competitive, they'd roll in a completely different way. There'd be a lot more exchange yep. in movement, whereas the hobbyist guy will sort of be a bit more static, use a lot more strength. Yeah, okay. So it's actually like, it's, it's really good to train with both those types of... Do you mean like, are you, talking, are you talking like someone that's like, like are you saying like hobbyist, like someone that's not good at jiu-jitsu and like a competitor, someone that is good at jiu-jitsu? Could you make that like? <laughs> How dare you! I'm not saying is that. that, is that yeah. <laughs> but I do think there's a deeper there's a deeper context to the training of a competitor, yeah. and yeah. I can liken this to training with you, because you know you, will, you, you I can tell like when I'm training with you or anyone like you, that you're that everything you're doing is very intentional and there's a lot of thought behind it. So you've thought about how I swept you that time and then you've thought about ways to beat that and then you've obviously thought about that prior to training and then in the training you're like, well, I'm going to work on this thing and yeah, I could feel like that with you. Tried to troubleshoot it. Yeah, and whereas like for me, and this was a laziness approach for me but I think would be quite typical of a hobbyist, you don't really think that much about it. You just yeah. get in there and it's like, yeah, let's just throw it down and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, he fucking <laughs> keeps catching me with that thing but I don't ever have the, the, uh, the I don't value it enough to go to the coach and say, I keep getting caught with this thing. Can mm. you tell me what I need to do? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not looking for that knowledge. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the competitors like investing time and thought into yeah, 100%. it, right? percent. I would say as well, like the the competitor will invest in their own self-study, whereas someone that isn't trained like looking to train full time as a competitor, they won't they might not even they won't take that time to do their own self-study. They'll just go, Oh coach, what's what am I doing wrong from here? Yeah. You know? Um, Self-study being YouTube University? YouTube University, Flow Grappling University. That's yeah, it. nice. <laughs> yeah, fuck, you guys must be frothing on things like Flow Grappling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, yeah. It's YouTube, good, YouTube has sort of gone downhill. I would say YouTube for Jiu-Jitsu in its prime was like 2013, 2014. You'd see like heaps of matches, heaps of good matches to study. Now everything's on Flow. Shout yeah, out! Sorry. Shout out to Flow Grappling for adding the search bar on their app. Finally, <laughs> Sick. fucking hell! You got <laughs> yeah, a highlight. You got a highlight clip on uh, Flow Grappling, right? Um, you got something there. You've I've seen got, you got you're featured in one of their. Oh their yeah, there was a Unity feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a spotlight on Levi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was nice of them. Yeah, that was super cool. I saw that video. The one I saw one um, where it's got. It must be like the middle of summer, and all the dudes are running into the shower. Like washing classic, their head, eh? oh man! In the, like they're so they're classic. in the ghee and they're washing themselves and just running back out into the mats. Man, they 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 so I thought they were gonna put this like clip in. It was like the best clip. It was of like uh, Joao at the end of the training, just lying in in the shower, like with his back on them, with his like back in the shower and just like the shower on him. <laughs> I mean, they got some good clips. Like 
<laughs> it was sick. It's just, it's such a, like such a classic place. So many classic stories out of that place. Just it, when so that, much character in that gym. When that video oh, came out, everyone so was going on about the shower scene. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is that because because of the environmental conditions at Unity, it gets so hot in there that you, you kind of feel like you're like literally going to die of overheating. And it gets to a point where people are like, oh, why are these guys jumping in showers? It's because... They're about to die. Yeah, you need to cool off. You can't leave the gym. If you leave the gym, that's it for pro training. Yeah. You can't come back in. Is Rolo, that a rule? Yeah, Rolo, that's a rule. Rolo used to let us like... Used to let us go into the, into like the staircase, the staircase <laughs> and like grab air. You know what I mean? In between yeah. rounds. He didn't let us, but like there was no rule enforcing us mm-hmm. not to do that. And then... Like later, he made a rule like no one can leave. So that's that's kind of like the, when people started like having showers in their geese. And really, and it, he's cool it, with that because it's like that's uh, the one thing I'll give you. A little <laughs> droplet of water. On I don't your know. I, 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 you know what? Because he's always down on the other end of the gym. He, he, yeah, I guess he doesn't. He, he, he must not care at all. Yeah. But um, but yeah, dude, it's it gets so hot in there, and sometimes you you actually are overheating in the summer, and you need to like jump in the shower. But what people don't realize is is there's actually no difference, like in terms of your own wetness. Yeah, you are as wet before you get in the shower. You're soaked with sweat as you are when you get out the shower. Yeah, so, so it's, it's fine. Doesn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally sweet. It's like it's kind of just such a like relieving feeling as well, having the cold water hit your head after a round. You just feel like you're dying otherwise. <laughs> I can imagine. I've trained. I've trained at a couple of joints that have that kind of vibe where it's just it's fucking disgusting. It's so hot. <laughs> Like, and you think, you know, it's like, uh, it, like that's a real thing with jiu-jitsu, right? You get into some ra- roles where you're like, fuck, I feel like I'm going to die here. It's yeah. so overwhelming. And you it's don't. It's like that claustrophobic kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah, and like the air pressure and just yeah. the heat in your face. Yeah. So I get that they want to replicate that environment to build you guys tough. Yeah. Man, for, look, most of the people listening, they won't know like Unity, right? Could you give us a little breakdown of where that gym is and, and what, what, what's going on there? Yeah, so Unity Jiu-Jitsu is a, it's, it's one of the like, Top jiu-jitsu gyms in the world. It's in it's in New York City. Um, bunch of the like guys trading in there. In my opinion, the best in the world. Uh, yeah, it's just like a super. It's an amazing gym. Murillo Santana is the is the head instructor there, and uh, he is just you know incredible with all his knowledge. He's the person that's basically helped me achieve like all my goals so far in jiu-jitsu, and is still helping me and giving me all this guidance. Um, you have the Meow Brothers there who, you know, if you know Jiu-Jitsu, you know the Meow Brothers. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a great gym with like a bunch of people working really hard. Uh, Is there any white belts there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 like your your normal gym. Like right. during the so during the, the day, you have the pro trainings, which is just like all the guys that do Jiu-Jitsu for a living in there. They're in that class. A lot of the people, it's open to everybody. Like anybody can come in and do it. A lot of people, they'll come to a pro training though and like never come back pretty much. <laughs> but uh, you got <laughs> you got guys like, you know, guys, old guys, young guys, people that are doing like their nine to five jobs coming in later at the night. And Marulo's in there teaching all night. Like every night he's in there teaching for like five hours a day or something Shit. ridiculous. So. On top of training, as and he well. trains. On, top of, on top of all his all his training, and he trains a lot. So yeah, he's he's he puts so much effort into just giving everybody as much you know attention, as much knowledge as he possibly can. So yeah, it's a great it's a great gym for everybody. But uh, yeah, 
it's just, how, a, it's just a good gym. How much time of the year do you spend training over there? Um, right now around like six months. Yeah. So I'm there for mostly like from January to, till June. I'm there pretty much or July. I'm pretty much there like the entire time. Um, and then I'm just kind of back and forth, back and forth. Uh, yeah. Sick. Yeah. Oh, you've done a bit of time at Unity too, right? Yeah, yeah. Done a couple of trips there. Recently did a trip to Cicero's as well, which is where a lot of the guys from Unity came from. Right, that's yeah. in Brazil? Yeah, in Sao Paulo, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yes. Sao Paulo has like a lot of like tough gyms, huh? Yeah. Which always surprised me. Like, I remember when I was there, I mean, it's a hard city to get around. You Sao trained, Paulo, Brazil. You, didn't you train at Barbosa's at one that's point? That's where it was. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to tell uh, the guys at training last night. I was like, fuck, I couldn't remember his name. Barbosa, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that was... I'd traveled around Brazil and trained in a bunch of different cities. Yeah. And, you know, and I'd been like to Rio and I thought, oh, this is like the spot. And then I got to Barbosa and it was like, <laughs> everyone was a fucking killer. <laughs> yeah. Like I was yeah. blown away, you know, and it was in this secret little office space in the middle of, you know, some suburb. That's so awesome. But that's, the, that's where Marilla was training. Okay. How long ago was that when you were there? I was there 2010, I think. Yeah, right. So probably, Marillo, probably should I, Marillo should have been there. I believe, time. I believe I rolled with one of the Meow brothers. Oh, yeah? And he was a blue belt. I remember you telling and me the story. Know. Yeah, and <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I'll paint it. I, I turn up at this gym, right? And it was, and most of the gyms I'd been to had like, had a similar kind of mix to what you would see in, in Australia. So it would be like yeah. one or two black belts, mm. one or two brown belts, mm. couple purple, mm. uh, you know, six or seven blue belts and then like 15 white belts. Yeah. Mm. And I sort of got used to this format and I was traveling around and I was a blue belt at the time. And then I got to Barbossa and it was like, I think there was 20 plus black belts on the mats. There was like 15 browns and it basically went down like an inverse pyramid. There was one white belt. <laughs> and I was like, I'd done, so I'd done a couple of like couple of rounds and they were, I got my ass kicked by these fucking monsters. And then there was this little guy that looked kind of funny. He was a blue belt and he was lighter than me. And I was, and he was like, oh, like gestured, you want to do the next one? And I was like, yeah, for sure. I can put it on this guy. Like I've just <laughs> had my ass kicked, but I should be able to take care of this dude. Redemption round. Yeah. And, uh, and we rolled and, and I was surviving. I was like, <laughs> I was just holding on. And I, I think I managed to, you know, my strength saved me a few times. 20 kilos extra or whatever it was yeah. uh, and my weight but um, I finished around and I was like that kid was fucking amazing and he was like he was a kid like I don't know how old he was yeah but he was you know like he didn't have any facial yeah. hair or anything like that <laughs> yeah. and um, and then you know years later I'm like you know getting to know like the YouTube circuit uh, the, the, the you know seeing what's happening with international competitors and I'm like that's that fucking kid man that's the kid <laughs> that's that so I rolled sick. with that's so good so the Meow brothers who are, who are they for those that don't know um they're like these so they're twins they're just guys that kind of are, are obsessed with the jiu-jitsu and like in, in my opinion um like you know the best in the world uh i i, don't, I guess yeah they're just definitely the most technical jiu-jitsu yeah yeah they're yeah right innovators in the sport for sure hmm. um how old are they i think they're like 27 now or 26 they're like the guys that um, kind of like I really looked up to when I was kind of first starting out and um, they inspired me with their work ethic and and, um, you know, just just how they how they kind of went about their training and stuff like that and achieving their goals. So 
they're one of the like they're pretty much the main reason or one of the main reasons I I decided to go over to Unity and start training. All right. Yeah. So did you have like a connection before you went over there or did you just go over there? No, I just I basically I got a job delivering furniture um in Sydney uh after the 2015 Worlds. I lost like my third fight and I was like, man, I just need to get some fucking guidance like I need to do whatever I can. When I first saw that they were opening though, beginning of beginning of that year, I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to get there. Like I always wanted to live in New York and I was like the biggest Meow Brother fan ever. <laughs> like I had them on like my screensavers and stuff. Like <laughs> it was, it was creepy. I was a creep. I was a creep. And uh, do they know this. Do you tell them? Yeah. Tell them all the time. <laughs> I'm like, you guys have no he idea. He shows them his screensaver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always tell Paula, I'm like, bro, seriously, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here, dude. So um, but uh, do they smile? They look like they never smile. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're really they're, nice. They're cool. Guys. Yeah, they're I mean, not that they don't look nice. The they just they just look like they have this kind of sternness <laughs> all the time. Yeah, they're mean, right? But they're yeah, super super friendly guys. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so I got a job delivering furniture, and then I just saved up to like go there for a few months, and then when I got there, I just started training like as much as I possibly could, just like training all day, all day, all day. And then after that, like, Marillo saw I was working hard and he offered me some, like, opportunities um, just to help me out, so. Like, with some accommodation or some work, that kind of stuff? Yeah, just, yeah, just, Facilitate like. Facilitate your stay? Yeah, yeah, just just to help me out in a few ways he could, or how, however he could. And, um, yeah, that was it. That's cool. Yeah. It's like an old school martial arts teacher-student relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really took you under his wing. Yeah, 100%. He's awesome. He's got a deep super, voice, super, huh? Super grateful. It is an incredibly deep voice. Yeah, it was just It is like YouTube you just hear like the octave it's in and you just like leader, follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Everyone fucking pay attention. It's so, yeah. like, it's so like primal. Yeah. It's like hits you right in the subconscious. You're like, shit. <laughs> Whatever he says is right. He's a yeah. fucking yeah. alpha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, man, tell us a little bit about, like, uh, I hit Ari out before, but what's what's your day of training look like? Um, so, I just, I always play my training kind of by ear, but, like... And why, sorry, let me preface this, because I don't yeah. know if we mentioned, you know, exactly, but you are currently a world champion yeah. under the IBJJF uh, yeah. brown belt, yeah, which is, like, an immensely fucking high ranking, like, that's that's a huge achievement. Yeah. Yeah. What? Give us. Give us a, a little bit of context. Like, as a world champ, what's your day look like? So, with me, I just kind of like I, I, I always kind of play it by ear. Some days I'll just train like all day, and then some days I'll just. Uh, I try to I I train like as much as I possibly can. Usually, I just go into the gym at like twelve or eleven, and I just I stay there until like until like nine, just like training. I eat and I just go back and train. Um, I don't follow like specifically, like I do this many hours every day. Um, but I just, I just try to like train as much as I possibly can. Really, it's just always on my mind. Like if I'm not training, I'm like thinking about something, some jujitsu move or I'm like watching like a film or, or something like that when I'm here. Um, a jujitsu film? Yeah, like a, like a, just like a, a match or something yeah. like that or instructional, I don't know. Um, at Unity, I just try to do like all, like the pro training and like every class Marillo teaches. Um, I just try to like pick his brain as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, so that's it. It's it's 
it's just jujitsu all day. Like I've got nothing else to do, so it might as well just be that, you know. That's it. Yeah, but I don't imagine it's because you actually don't have anything else to do. It's because that's what you want to do, right? Yeah, 100%. Like there's plenty of people out there that have got fuck all to do, but they're not like world champions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's, there's a huge amount of ambition there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's definitely, man, it's changed me so much. Just even like the way I look at the world, you know, like it's almost been um, like a spiritual journey for me as, as much as it has been like just a journey of like trying to achieve you know goals in competition you know what i mean so it is like jiu-jitsu really is like everything to me at least now anyway like it's kind of like my purpose of being alive which sounds like really intense but um i guess yeah like yeah it's your thing yeah yeah man it's i mean i was gonna say like i I, re- I see your post on instagram right i love the shit you post yeah. And you post a lot of like, phil- like deep stuff, like philosophical stuff. Yeah. What are you What are you reading? Like, what's your, you know, where are you getting? Where or are these just thoughts that you have? Um, you smoke a lot of weed. Like, where did <laughs> it come from? I was. Uh, I guess like I guess uh, they're just. I don't know. I I do I do like some like philosophers. I like a guy called um, Frederick Nietzsche, and then I, which is just he's like this crazy german dude he's fucking insane but like he's amazing josh barnett's a big fan i believe oh yeah of, of this guy yeah yeah, yeah. he's he's pretty cool and then i i also i love like uh taoist and uh you know um like Buddha, buddhist teachings and stuff like that i love eastern philosophy i'm like really into uh but like yeah and then yeah i don't even know sometimes like i'm just walking and i just like think of like some ridiculously crazy shit and i just like right in my phone, I'm like, this kind of is yeah, like, this like epiphany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like at least to me, like they could be like totally irrelevant and like super vague, but, um, it's philosophy, man. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> it's, kidding. it's, it's more of just like a feeling I have, like at like a certain time, a lot of the times I'm like, I feel like I'm like having like a crisis. Well, a lot of the times, like I have, I feel like there's like a lot of pressure on me. You know what I mean? It's pressure. Like I internally create for sure. But, um, I guess it's just my kind of way of like a um, kind of negating that pressure. You know what I mean? By putting it in, in more of like in putting everything like the journey and everything like this into like more meaning. You know what I mean? It, it kind of having that kind of mindset helps me be able to like get through the tough trainings or get through like going away from my family or or you know what I mean? Just yeah. having like some meaning behind what I'm doing. Cause like a purpose. A purpose, yeah, exactly. To all the because, stress and the, yeah, the hard and work. It's, it's kind of like, because when you think about it, like as an athlete, you have to have some purpose behind like what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like a guy that's just like throwing a ball every day and that's all he does like all day, he has to like put some sort of like purpose behind like why he's just throwing a ball every day. Otherwise, like your life just kind of seems like um, shallow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you, I want to have like an in-depth, view of reality and I want jiu-jitsu to be like um, my like utility that I use to have that in-depth view I don't know if anything I just said made any sense <laughs> <but> <laughs> nah man I get yeah, it. it I get it It's it, it, there's a greater context to your life and it's like it, well it's the case with anything right it's like yeah 100% do you want to just get up and go like I can just think of like when I'm getting up early to come and coach people at the gym, I can just be like, oh, I got to fucking get up early. I got to coach yeah. people the same shit again. Yeah. And then I got to like do all the emails. Like it's such a ball breaker. Or yeah, I can yeah. be like, 
thinking of the reason why I started this thing and where I want it to go and yeah, how enriching that is. And yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's going to your perspective, right? 100%. Yeah. Like, it's like, what the fuck even is being alive? Like, <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I like <laughs> it. Weird. I like it. I think it's powerful shit, man. I don't know. I wanted to, um, I wanted to go back. You mentioned the political scene in jiu-jitsu before. Uh, which, you know, again, most of the people listening probably, don't, probably wouldn't really get it, but what's the, could you guys talk, like, have you had some political shit go down personally? Like, what's, exp- a, what, what's a politic? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> um, where do we start? I mean, you know, like, it's, I guess it, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a rivalry that occurs between gyms, right? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I always think, the stu- like most students never have any place in a rivalry between gyms um, and it's kind of the uh, you know the more adult thing to do to not get involved with any rivalry between gyms but sometimes um, you're kind of expected to get sucked into it or sometimes just by being part of one team you just involuntarily get sucked into it even mm. though you're actively trying to stay as far away from it as possible. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is like quite a quite a pity. You know, it shouldn't be the case. Um, the rivalry should just be between the one or two, sorry, the two or three people that it started with originally. It shouldn't mm. involve their the, students, their students and, and everything. Yeah. Um, especially like a lot of the students, are, you know, doing jiu-jitsu as a hobby, they're just trying to, go in there two or three nights a week to get their training in, get their, real, you know, if they're doing it to relieve stress or if they're doing it just for fun, you know, whatever they, whatever their, their goal with jujitsu is, mm. that's why they're there and they shouldn't have to be involved with, you know, other people's crap. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I mean, uh, and that, it comes from, I mean, it's a real tribal thing in a way, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, I think... Oftentimes, there's not even a rivalry. It's mm. just like, oh, no, we're, we're this gym and they're that gym, so yeah. fuck those guys. Red versus blue. Yeah, right? There's <laughs> yeah. never been any personal interaction yeah. between yeah. the two you know, leaders or whatever. Yeah. How about for you, Levi? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, realistically, you can look at any gym that uh, is having kind of problems with, with politics, but... Um, uh, at the end of the day, it just comes down to money. You know what I mean? Like, they don't care about the respect or the loyalty. I, I mean, I'm not saying there's no respect and there's no loyalty, like, involved in this, but at the end of the day, all that kind of politics and, and stuff like that that's happening around here, it's just another word for, like, business, you know? Yeah. And, um, like, fair enough. You know what I mean? They These gyms, they want to, like, be able to support themselves and and uh, and make a living, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you gotta you gotta cut the line and say like, you know, this person, my student or whatever, um, it's like the bigger picture here isn't isn't about getting their money. It's about making their life better. You know what I mean? And that's that's what that's the great thing about jiu-jitsu. It has the ability to make people's lives better. Has the ability to, um, you know, really improve how, yeah, someone's overall life. Not even uh health wise but uh mentally and and spiritually it can do a lot for people so uh 
to to kind of put that um, business perspective in in the way of that improvement is kind of like is kind of a bit shitty. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of think it's a, it's a bit shit when when um, when a team's just focusing on making money as opposed to like improving their uh, their students like well-being yeah um yeah it's really hard to talk about this topic with, um <laughs> without just like dropping names <laughs> and fuck those guys <laughs> no, no, yeah. No, yeah. yeah fuck those guys yeah <laughs> well, i'm not even speaking about anyone in particular of course. like this is just happening like a lot around sydney like you have uh you have some guys that want to go train with their mates but they can't go train there because the other guy's like self-conscious that he might lose 40 bucks a week or something like that you know what i mean yeah it's an interesting thing though, because like yeah, it was it was a part of the since I started, it was it's always been a part of it, and I, I kind of had this impression that, you know, like a lot of it, it came from Brazil, right? The sport came mm. from Brazil, and the sport was started here by a few guys from Brazil, so they brought over this this mentality, mm. and they brought over this kind of, you know, tribal sort of nature to the whole thing, and it was like yeah, that's that's our team, and and I remember thinking that like when I started training at Bondi Beach. And the coach there wanted to produce all these fucking killers. And, it, you know, you could tell he wanted killers. And it was That's like... Cool. Which is cool. Which yeah. is totally cool, yeah. right? But it was like, hang on a second, man. Have you looked at who, who your members are? Because <laughs> we're living in Bondi. Like, this is a real cushy suburb. <laughs> Most of these people are like, you know, working corporate or whatever. It's like, there's a few people there that go hard. But yeah. you're, not, you're not probably not going to build any world champions here. It's, you know, so it's like... They were almost like that That guy was trying to apply kind of what he wanted, this mold, but to the wrong sort of audience. Hmm. And so, you know, that kicked off this thing and that gym hated, you know, these other gyms and we couldn't go train with anyone else. And if someone wanted to come in, it was all this sort of fucking, you know, this, this banter around it. But I feel like the it just kind of got proliferated by people who didn't really know why they were doing it. Like all of a sudden this politics permeated like all the other gyms who weren't run by these guys, but it was part of jujitsu. It's like, you kind of got to hate the other gym, but no one really had a reason. It was just kind of some tribal <laughs> shit. Those guys. And I actually felt yeah. it didn't, it wasn't, they didn't even necessarily think of it from a financial perspective because mm. it wasn't about losing members. It was just like this pride thing, which is really stupid, right? Because as soon as you allow that, collaboration. That, 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 yeah, that's different. That, yeah, that's been going on for like a long time before jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. The tribal just, aspect of it. Just, yeah, in terms of like martial arts academies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and styles and... Well, apparently it's, n- it's not as prevalent in other martial arts as it is with jiu-jitsu, apparently. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I was speaking to um, some other guys that uh, come from a judo bra- ba- uh, background. Yeah. And they're saying that they don't have any of this stuff in judo. It's like yeah, yeah. different... It's like a different kind of um, vibe and politics in judo. Mm. Yeah. Not mm. that typical, like. Can they collaborate? Can they go train pre- with other academies? Pre- like the the vibe I got from it was like collaboration is like a big thing in judo. Yeah, pretty sure. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure because I'm not a judoka myself, but from like my understanding of it is they want to train with a lot of other other teams. Yeah, right. Yeah. Would you guys say, like, in your experience, that gyms that allow collaboration, or or like say regions that allow collaboration, uh, excel? Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah, right. 100%. It's not just because you can't... Collaboration is a big thing, but it's not just collaboration. It's open-mindedness to go train overseas, which is collaboration, yeah. I guess. 
and then also opening your mind up to more modern styles of training and technique, studying online, that sort of stuff. If you have, if you do all of that, then the level and the standard will will grow. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I get you. I feel like Australia, in particular, um, among a lot of other countries, I guess, it, um, hasn't really done that, and is like quite far behind in the jiu-jitsu scene. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of become like an involuntary goal of mine and I guess a few other people as well to help grow that and build that standard. Um, which is why like gyms like Open Sparring, I think, doing are doing a really good job with contributing towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, they should be giving us a percentage of this <laughs> business. Open Sparring. Open yeah. Sparring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, seriously, come into Open Sparring Hashtag if you're listening to this. Sparring. Yeah, come and get face cranked. Yeah. <laughs> You'll no. love it. Buy a world champ. <laughs> face uh, cranks. What's the um tell me a bit about I, I want to switch gears to like the face crank ethics? Yeah, like <laughs> what's the best way to actually apply no the 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 strength and con- like the okay, so you guys are like world class athletes, right? But my observation of jujitsu having been in it for a long time is that it's because it because of the f- the awesome organic nature of it. Mm. You don't, you don't have to, like, you don't go through the typical realms of athlete development like other sports no. do. So it's not yeah, like you're part of a, a representative team as a yeah. teenager and then you go to like college level and then you're playing schoolboys, whatever. It's like yeah. you're, just, you're just training at a gym. You probably start as a hobbyist and then all of a sudden you're like on this path to be yeah. world champ. And also, you don't have like you know, basketball teams, for example. They have a coach, they have a strength and conditioning coach, they've got all this guy. Nutritionist. Whereas yeah. with. Almost every athlete in jiu-jitsu is basically, to an extent, coaching and guiding themselves. Yeah, you know? totally right. Like, yeah. I would say the vast majority of them. Yeah. And then this is what I wanted to, to pick on, like... It's changing now as, like, as getting more professional. Guys is that right? Like, more support behind them, more, like, you know, kind of structure in their, in their training. Yeah, you know, okay. Regime, and yeah. So what about for you guys? Tell me about, like, your strength conditioning, your nutrition. Like, are you... Are you? I know you're. You're. You know. You're. A, you're studying at university, right? Finished that degree. Ah, congrats, yeah. bro. Yeah, thank Sick. you. <laughs> what was the degree? Sports science. Uh, physiotherapy. Physiotherapy. Yeah. Okay, I knew that. Yeah. Go <laughs> on. Um, but where, where are you at with that stuff? Are you? Do you oh, optimize these things? Um. So I like with regards to the physiotherapy degree. I haven't actually worked a day in physio since graduating. My man. Um, that was that was a a big thing for a while. Was while I was at uni, I kind of say second year end of first year second year i really realized that jiu-jitsu was something that i wanted to pursue full-time um so the the uni degree was kind of just like a thing where i was just waiting to get it done so that i could you know put put all my energy into jiu-jitsu yeah yeah um but there's been a lot of pros to having that degree with just simply understanding how the body works with simple biomechanics range of motion and mobility. Um, Levi can um, testify that I have not shut up about internal rotation of the hips. <laughs> um, but yeah, just having that basic understanding of how the body works has actually really helped my jiu-jitsu and also just basic injury management as well. Um, Which there's a fuckload of? Um, I would say with regards to injury, um, I haven't had many. I would say most of my injuries occurred up until 
like late blue belt and then I sort of um, realized how to sort of avoid a lot of them I guess yeah okay yeah 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 um, strength and conditioning though that's something that I've sort of delved in and out of throughout the journey I'm currently on like a a, stra- a weightlifting hiatus <laughs> I noticed um, you're looking a bit dweebish <laughs> <laughs> thanks Joe um, <laughs> But I guess that's also um, with going down a weight class as well and just sort of trying to find the balance and I, I guess the right way to train for that particular weight division as well. Um, yeah, that's actually something I wanted to ask you about <laughs> with uh, strength and conditioning for jiu-jitsu, mobility and stuff, your take on it. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You want me to tell you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think in general the jiu-jitsu community is shit at it and they don't – and I think that they're shit at it because no one's given them a better option. Hmm. So – and it's the nature of the sport. You come in and that's, that's how they train, right? And the people that are teaching you generally are not educated in how the body should move or what the body needs. They're also not aware of what the common deficiencies are for someone who's like sitting in an office. Mm. Like you're talking about these corporate warriors, they want to come in and roll for an hour. Mm. They literally get out of an office chair, come in, put their gi on, roll, go back, sit in the office chair, right? So, yeah, so, so there's like, there's this deficit that mm. people are already at, yeah. right? And, and, then, and then maybe you're in great shape, but then maybe you're, all of the time you'll be spending on the mats, that will create a deficit because that'll change your posture and your, yeah. your range and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a need for it. Um, I don't think that it needs to be hard training, you know, I, and this, I don't think strength and conditioning in the conventional sense is the solution. I think it's really around like a smart approach to getting strong and focusing on mobility. So mobility for me is strength, but it's focusing on increasing the range of motion at the joints and then strengthening that range. Yeah. You know, so a little bit of weighted stuff, a lot of body weight stuff, um, but, you know, incorporating flexibility and strength as, as two parts, I think is of sure. kind of paramount sure. importance. Sure. Yeah. And, it, you know, like for an athlete, you know, like so say for you guys, you're spending like say up to six hours on the, a day on the mats or, or more. If someone gives you, you know, if you start training and someone's like, oh, I want you to do like five hours a week on this mobility program, mm. you won't touch it, right? Mm. Like you might try and fuck with it, but then you're like, uh, it's taking <laughs> away from time. what I really like doing yeah. and that's not good. So I think it has to be the minimum dose yeah. that can make a change. And that might be like 60, 90 minutes a week spread yeah. out over a few little sessions. And hopefully that's enough to change things. Yeah. I definitely think some people just shouldn't be allowed on the mats. <laughs> like, you're like, you know, you go to a gym, you see like a, like a, you know, like a typical class, you see some white belts, how they move, the lack yeah. of body awareness, lack of coordination. Mm. Yeah. I think some of them will be some like a small percentage will be lucky enough to survive the rigors of the sport and end up survive getting the intro class. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the face cranks <laughs> and they will, but they will pick no up the body awareness the and the coordination as they go. Yeah. Whereas the majority of them will just get fucking broken at some point mm. and then they'll be like, Oh, jujitsu broke me. Yeah. When in reality they broke themselves, they just yeah. shouldn't have swum there yet. Mm. It's like they weren't, you, yeah, they weren't. There should have been some sense. kind of intro program or something to get you to a point, mm. you know. So yeah. that's in mm. in short, that's my take. Kind mm. of, yeah. You know that saying, jujitsu for everyone. Yeah, but not. 
but yeah, no. yeah. there should be like a <laughs> big, a big red card that like the coach has just inside the gi, and there's certain <laughs> individuals, and you just show them the red card. It just means leave. <laughs> you know, this is not for you yet. <laughs> yeah, yet. <laughs> Levi, what about you, man? You, got, um, you do any uh, like strength conditioning or like um, like nutrition? Is any of that something that you you worry about, or do you get away with being 21 and not having to fuck with? Um, so yeah, diet. like I have to, I have to watch my diet pretty carefully, especially like if I'm, if I'm competing, like if I'm, if I'm doing lightweight, I have to lose like a fair bit of weight. He's really fat. And, uh, <laughs> and that's like day of weigh-in. So you can't really, um, thanks dude. And you can't really, uh, you can't really like lose any water weight. You know what I mean? For IBJJF, cause you weigh in and then you fight. If you're time bit Straight dehydrated, after. then there's no point in even cutting weight. Your performance is going to lack that much. So Yeah. With that, in that regard, like before a competition, my diet is is pretty on point. Because um, you're trying to keep your body mat, like you're, is the re- you want to be in losing the body below? fat. You yeah, know right. what I mean, and trying to get to like the lowest body fat percentage possible. So the diet has to be good at that point. And then if I'm not competing, usually um, I'm eating like terrible food. <laughs> not terrible cows. food. Getting those cows for sure. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like it gets self-destructive to a point though you know what i mean like it's like i don't know if i'm just like hungry or if i just hate myself (laughs) you know what i mean like there's like a very fine line i just don't know where i am um it's always a good pointer to tell when you should stop eating it's when you hate yourself yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that's always my goal but sometimes like i just love myself for too long i just gain all this weight um but like you just you actually get fat or you just get a bit puffy no i don't actually get fat yeah I i just get a bit puffy yeah but you just justify like being fat with gains, so it's, really, <laughs> yeah. it's like the ultimate justification. Um, but yeah, uh, usually my diet before a competition, my diet will, like it's very very important. I feel like even my mood is a lot better with good with diet. diet. Like mm. everything is kind of is kind of better. But um, it's like things are clearer. Yeah, things yeah. are clearer. But like for me, I feel like I always need to have some sort of vice. You know what I mean? Just as like a mental. Kind Fuck of, yeah. uh, a mental kind of thing. Yeah. I'll always have like some sort of vice, whether it's, I don't know, like uh, meth or no, <laughs> like I also always have some sort of vice. Like if I'm, if I'm not cutting weight, usually my vice is like just eating like a fucking chocolate bar, which is kind of shit. Like you mean like a Mars bar or you mean like a family size dairy milk? <laughs> like, a, like a family size, yeah, which, okay. is, which is kind of shit. Like yeah, let's some get people real. get like, like their vice is like, sex for money or like that then other people's vices like cocaine and mine's like a fucking chocolate bar i'm like you serious yeah <laughs> i'm such this, a fucking loser yeah like <laughs> this chocolate bar, i'm like fuck <laughs> so you know maybe i'll maybe i'll start developing some cooler vices down the track but yeah right now right now it's just being but weren't you saying the other bar. week yours was ice cream like I mean, I mean, it's just of ice cream. Yeah, chocolate bar is just like a general term for me. Oh, yeah, okay. Could, yeah, it could it's mean sweets. Yeah, yeah, just yes, just general food. Okay. Ari and I used to partake in a pokari sweat after oh, training. Yeah, in that, the that, that was a legitimate yeah. vice. Yeah, that was that was. That's not a vice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, right? I've really swung back around to carbs recently, like uh, in a yeah. massive way. Yeah, in a huge way. And I look. You're on. You're one of those keto guys for a while. No, I wasn't keto like as such, but I used to fuck with paleo a lot. Okay. And I was just, I just jumped on that bandwagon of like, oh, carbs are a bit of the enemy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember I'd go train, like we'd train here, you know, train five nights a week and I'd be doing weights and all that shit. And I'd be like basically not eating any carbs. Yeah. 
And then, and I don't know why the fuck I did it to myself, you mm. know? And now I'm like smashing them. And it's, and mm. the more I'm training, the more I'm eating. And particularly now that I'm back on the mats twice a week, um, mm. it's like, yeah, I feel like I need to drink all this fruit juice and bread and stuff. <laughs> But it's great, man. I feel good. You feel good, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Same. I feel good when I'm smashing the food, like ridiculous amounts. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the, um, you've obviously, 21, you've obviously grown a lot over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, when, what age did you get real serious about jujitsu? Like, I started, man, I, it, it was really weird because like I started training and like a few months in, it's like at 15. A few months in, I was like, I'm just going to do this for my life. You know what I mean? Fuck. So I just stopped going to school and I just started going into the gym every day and just like training all day in there. What gym was that? Uh, I started at Igor's MMA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Bondi yeah, Junction. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. So I was just, yeah, shout out to Igor MMA. So I was just going in there and like training all day and then and then eventually I moved to like another gym. Do they ever um, post photos of you? Ah, our world champion. <laughs> Our world champion, Black... No, I wish. They're they're really cool. Like, I still bump into them sometimes. I was only there for, like, the first six months of my training. But I still bump into them sometimes, and they're always, like, super supportive and and cool, and they're a bunch of cool guys. Like, not 100% jiu-jitsu orientated, right? They're MMA gym. Yeah. They focus a lot on their wrestling, which they have great, amazing, amazing... They've got big ego, right? Greco-Roman wrestlers, yeah. Yeah, wrestling, a lot of grappling. Um, Not so much gi jiu-jitsu there, I believe. No, 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 not really. But, yeah, sick training. Um, yeah, so 15, sorry, I keep putting the mic away from my face. It's all right. You're getting philosophical. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 15, I left. 15. So it's been six years. Yeah. What was your, you gained some weight since then, since you were 15? Like what's the change been like? Uh, Give me some stats. Uh, yeah, I kind of just always, I always did feel kind of like awkward, a bit awkward in my frame and stuff like that. Uh, when I was like 18, I started lifting like four times a week. Um, and that kind of, that kind of like gave me like feel that my frame a bit. And then just in the last like year or so, I'm starting to feel, um, like good, you know, less awkward. Like, I feel like I can like use my core and stuff a bit more. You, I don't know. You feel like less, you can feel like you can engage things a bit more. You know what I mean? When you get to like 21. A bit more robust. Yeah. Yeah. A bit more like, I feel, I feel better now. Like now. Yeah. What do you weigh now? Um, now I'm like. 81, 82. What do you compete 81. at? 76 in the game. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Puffy. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ari? You've, you've definitely, you've gone down a bit I yeah. think, since I've seen you last, right? Yeah. So I am now uh, about 67, 68 kilos now. Wow. Yeah. So while I was in my uni days, I was probably around 73 kilos. Yeah. And then started training full time. And just started to lose, lose the weight. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I found it very hard to maintain that weight as well. Um, yeah, so I, it was kind of just like a, kind of like a, you know, an epif- it was, I had this epiphany that I was like, oh, if I have to really work this hard to stay at like 72, 73 kilos, I might as well just be a featherweight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be wasting that energy having to eat and lift. Yeah, and having that, to right? eat and lift. I found that when I was eating and lifting heaps, um, I don't know, I just felt my my game felt very kind of unnatural and kind of awkward in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like I do feel a lot better now. Obviously feel a lot weaker than compared, to, <laughs> compared to being like almost 75 kilos. 
You were fucking strong, man. <laughs> I'm sure you still are. <laughs> what um I wanted to uh, I wanted to wrap up with like a question for you guys uh, on what you think what you feel jujitsu has or the the journey for you has like what the, has been the biggest takeaway of that journey. You know, the biggest thing you've learned in your life that you've got because you guys have both gone through some big stuff at a very young age and it probably doesn't really feel that big yet. But I think you'll look, you know, you know, maybe it does, but you'll look back at the time and be like, fuck, that was, that was pretty crazy what I did. And, you know, and you'll probably still be doing it at that time anyways. I would say there's, there's so much to take away from the journey so far. But for me, what I'm constantly reminded about is how important it is to do something in your life that you're really passionate about. And you're happy to do every single day of your life. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Especially going from like being a full-time uni student. Yeah. And then also doing like a year of clinical placement in a hospital. And then just, yeah, mm. that was like a big like eye-opener for me. Yeah. Do what you want to do. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Um. What was, what was the question again? What, what? <laughs> What's been the biggest takeaway, oh, you know, from, takeaway. from the journey for you? Man, I feel like, uh, I guess just, um, I feel like I've, I've really realized like um, how strong um, like the human being's ability to manifest things can be uh, when like they put kind of everything towards like one goal and one, one purpose. You can, just like the ability to, to manifest things is like, is really real. And um, I think that's I think that's super cool. Yeah, you've always been really big on like the power of the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was actually like the reason I got into like competition and and stuff like this was actually from uh, Muhammad Ali. Mm. You know what I mean? I was I was such a big fan of how he just like spoke himself into into <laughs> what he was. You know yeah. what I mean? How he just like told himself he was the greatest. You know, and because he had that self belief, like he just was. Yeah. So that was like when I saw him, I was like so obsessed with him. I wanted to compete in some sort of thing. I wanted to be able to have that quality in myself as well because I just admired it so much. Um, Didn't you want to be like the next Muhammad Ali? Yeah, you like still want to be a boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just I was too scared to get punched in the face. Jitsu yeah. is good for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that's cool, man. Yeah. yeah, Boys, thanks for coming on. It's been mad to have you here. Thanks so much for having Thank me, you. dude. Thank that you. was yeah. awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah anytime. Great fun. I, um, great I look fun. forward to, to watching the journey for both of you guys continue. And it's, it's inspi- it inspires me a lot, to, you know, to be really honest. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's cool. Like I, I see it, like I take a lot of energy from it. So it's cool. Thanks, like, and it would be doing that for a lot of people. So yeah. good for you guys. Us. Nice team. Um, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, junglebrothers.com if you want to reach out on anything. We'll probably put a couple of links to the boys' Instagram and stuff like that. Oh, do you have anything you want to, you want to, you have like a, you know, you're selling any online programs or you got, you want people to follow you on Instagram, you want to like drop a handle or some shit? Drop a handle, man. Uh, yeah, thanks, it. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Levi Zhao JJ. Um, and then just shout out to Bros Fight, um, Precision Athletica, and Unity Jiu Jitsu. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all the support. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. What about uh, Wars and Bullfighters? Oh, man? yes, yes, yes. Plug it, man. Before, bef- before I forget, so uh, Instagram page at Bolos and Bullfighters. 
Uh, it's a new page it's that such I've a sick page. new so page sick. that I've recently got going. It's all about the Berambolo and Bullfighter Life. And if, if you don't know anything about jiu-jitsu, <laughs> you will just get confused as fuck when you look at that page. <laughs> yeah. I know a bit about jiu-jitsu. I get confused as fuck. But I'm kind of starting to learn slowly, so it's cool. Such a good page. <laughs> That's the purpose Such behind the page. page. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's high-level stuff, right? It's cool, man. It's educational. Yeah, fucking A. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, boys. Thanks so much. Thanks, fam. Catch you guys on the next one. 15 Underwood Avenue, Botany, Jungle Brothers. Yes. <laughs>